Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We are from Cole Irvin and Mike Elias, and that quote, Jason, was prior to the Corbin Burns trade where it looked like Cole Irvin and Tyler Wells were both going to be in the bullpen. But Mm. what did Mike Elias say? Barring injury, and of course injury happened, Kyle Bradish, John Means, they are both not going to be ready for opening day. And that inserts Tyler Wells and Cole Irvin into the starting rotation. Tyler Wells... He's pitching for the first time. His day is done. Uh, Grapefruit League action. He had two scoreless against the Braves. Uh, Gave up one hit, no walks, no strikeouts. Cole Irvin, the big story with him when he made his Grapefruit League debut last weekend was the velocity. Way up. uh, Over three miles per hour. Um, And he's going to be on the mound tomorrow. So the question is... Are we feeling better about the back end of the rotation, early developments now? Well, I I think all of us would still prefer Tyler Wells have a season where it there there is less um Yo-yoing. oscillation. Yeah, less chance of him having to toggle between multiple roles at least once and maybe more than once. Uh <clears throat> but as Michael Elias indicated, you know, circumstances arise. And unfortunately, the nature of baseball, there will be more pitcher injuries for the Orioles at, at to some degree or another. Um, you know, if Means is here, ready to go, and Bradish is ready to go, 
I don't know that we get two innings out of Tyler Wells in the starting role today, right? I think Wells would be working with the relievers, and he'd be getting one inning you know, every three or four days. So I think the fact that he went two innings in his first outing and the fact that he started the game is just confirming what you know we all assumed, which is it's, it's him and Irvin pegged into these spots until further notice. I, I don't – it's a double-edged sword. I, I, On one hand, yes, it's awesome to have – the guy who was your best starting pitcher in the first half of last season and a guy we realistically thought could merit all-star consideration, you know, in the middle of June uh, or, you know, early July. Like, it's great to have that guy now in reserve. Again, for him personally, and the fact that he may have to shift again at some point this year or, or the the odds of getting 150-plus clean innings out of him just doesn't seem like... Um, that's in the cards, doesn't seem like a reasonable ask. And and what we'll never know, Bone, is like January 20th, what was in his mind? Like, as he's f- finishing off his individual ramp up to the season, prior to the, the, the organization letting guys know that, hey, Means isn't going to be there at this first month of spring training, and Braddish is hurt. Like, prior to that, where was his mental focus, his energy? Was it on being the best sprinter he could possibly be, maxing out to face three to five hitters, six hitters at a time? Or or was it bracing himself for the grind of a marathon starting season? Like, we don't know, you know? And, like, I don't even know that he'd be real inclined to tell you at this point, nor does he have to. But if I were him, I know what I would have been doing. I would have been spending the last three, four months focused on being the best high-energy, low-volume reliever I could possibly be. And now he's <laughs> he's starting. So does that take some toll? You know what I mean? Like, does that have some effect? I don't know. Well, in a way, he's kind of gone through this in his career because you go back a couple of years, Jason, where uh, 2022, and he was supposed to be the closer heading into the year, and he ended up starting in all 23 games that he appeared in. And that, unfortunately, has been the issue. Uh, not Tyler Wells' fault, of course, but the oscillating between reliever and starter. And, you know, uh, to the original question where it's, uh, do you feel better about the back end? Look, I I have faith in Tyler Wells to go out there and get the job done as a starter. He's proven that he can do that. Now, can he do that over the course of an entire season? No. Would I like him to just, from start to finish, be a high-leverage reliever? Yes. But unfortunately, this is the card cards dealt to Mike Elias and his squad. And something you know worth mentioning, seven of their first nine series are against teams last year that had below 500 mm-hmm. records. And the two exceptions, the Brewers, who... They just traded their ace to the yeah. Orioles and the Twins. So it is a soft opening. John means you'd expect him back by the end of April, but he's like another that, guy. Right? Exactly. I'll, 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 I'll believe. <laughs> yeah. I'll, look, and I, yeah. no, I love him. I thought he was going to have a huge year. I hope he still does. I'll believe he's pitching every five days when I see it. I, I completely agree. And that's why, you know, it, it kind of boils down to Cole Irvin. For me, it is this, and it's just one start. But 
Is this velocity for real? Is this something that's sustainable? Well, he clearly changed his body, and he had a mental recalibration, as he alluded to in the clip that Ben played for us there at the open of the show. And he's in the best shape of his life. And I know that's a cliche, but he's clearly slimmed and trimmed. Um, and so this could be one of those situations where the, the growth mindset, the individual recognition that I've got to get in better shape mentally and physically, the perspiration and the inspiration meet the opportunity. Because while he was fortifying himself, let's face it, we're all thinking he's fighting for a bullpen spot. And then 40% of the starting rotation is out indefinitely. And now all that work you've put in looks like you've got an opportunity to really show it off more than just one inning on one Monday and one inning on Friday and a couple batters on Sunday. He's, he's. I mean, he I'm, he's going to be stretched out tomorrow. Like I'm sure if they could get three innings out of him tomorrow, they'll get three innings out of him tomorrow. Um, and it makes this game, which is one of the ones on Masson, hopefully – you know, the guy in center field or the camera in center field doesn't need a V8 to stop from tipping <laughs> over. Uh, I'm excited to see it. Like, there definitely is a little more juice to this outing now um, because it's got to feel good for him to get that immediate, like, reaction. Everybody noticed. Everybody noticed how he looks physically. Everybody noticed the shapes of his pitches, his stuff, how it was crisper, sharper. And the velo, this wasn't just a smidge. This wasn't a tick. Three miles this was a leap. <laughs> this was a jump. Yeah. This was going from below, especially from the left side, going from below average soft tosser to a lefty who can hit 96 and sit 94 something. That's a totally different deal than, you know, 90, 91. So, yeah, it, it this weekend for me is going to be all about starting today with what Tyler Wells did all about the pitching. Kick off your weekend with us between now and six and guestless starts with Todd Karpovich, who he wears a lot of hats, sporting news, AP, Baltimore Sun, press box. So we'll go all around the Baltimore sports scene with Todd. Ariel Epstein, we'll get our best bets with her. Ken Wyman, not here. He'll be back on Monday, but don't worry. He'll be joining us or maybe he won't some sort of. Ken will be joining us. Jim Callis. Ken's better, better, <laughs> better half, half of himself <laughs> will join us from, uh, what is it called down there? The Keys. I, the Keys. I kept yes. wanting to say South Beach, but he's south of South Beach. Yes, the Keys. Jim Callis, he spent the day with the O's yesterday, watching the O's and Pirates square off. He'll be joining us at 4.30. And Brad Brock, former All-Star reliever for the O's, now works for Mass, and he joins us at 5.30. Yeah, Brad Brock want to get his take on a lot of these pitchers, including the signing Julio Tehran, who he Brock was with in Atlanta. He knows him pretty well. Jim Callis, yes, we want to talk O's prospects with him, as we always do from MLB Pipeline. But he saw Paul Skeens, the 1-1 with the Pirates last year, going against Jackson Holiday, the 1-1 from a couple years back. Um, so that'll definitely be a topic of conversation. And, yeah, Ariel's going to have some best bets. I've got some NBA bets I like tonight, but on a bit of a heater there. Our buddy Ben Hall has some weekend bets, so we'll try to put a little money in your pocket along the way. Debuting a new game show, Bone In, Bone, <laughs> bone, out. In, bone out. Very excited about that. It's yes. a special Friday. It is. GG Smeegee. We don't need no GG. No, no. Stick with us. Coming up next, all the young dudes. Kyle Stowers, he's the forgotten man, but now he's raking off lefties. And Colton Kowser, he needed 
to have a big spring training, and he's off to a really good start. Can any of them crack the lineup after spring training? We'll tell you on the other side. It's Inside Access. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit Cox.com. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex (laughs) heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived Spring Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. On the fan. Colton Kowser and Kyle Stowers, they are hitting dongs early on in Grapefruit League action. And let's start with Kyle Stowers, Jason. And this is a player that... You've always been high on, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately for him, never got consistent play time. It felt like he never got a fair shake, and when he was up, uh, Brandon High would never have him face lefties. He had two hits off lefties yesterday, including a home run, and now, you know, dealt with some injuries last year, and you just wonder where he fits in, if at all, and right now, during spring training he's three for 12 he's got two homers and he's driven in two runs yeah i i you never know how many at bats you're going to get against lefties just the way things line up in spring training and you know it's it's obviously not like (coughs) excuse me the regular season where you can kind of see how rotations are coming ahead of time so i hope he continues to get these opportunities because he he did not have terribly dramatic splits at the minor league level and this kid has produced and produced above expectations every tick from watching him straight out of college from Stanford to Aberdeen back when Aberdeen was still basically short season rookie ball. Each rung up, he's been a producer, power producer. He, he, he um, yes, he's a big swinger. He's got a little bit of um, some holes in his swing. He's going to strike out a little bit, but he, he can pay off with legit, I think major league 2025 homer power 
from the left side. He's got a really strong arm. I think he's one of their their more athletic corner outfielders. I, I've seen him make a lot of plays over the years at different levels. Um, and yeah, the opportunities here just haven't come. Not not nearly enough of a sample size to make a judgment on his major league. Um, ability, but everything at the lower levels projects to it. And and if nothing else, Bone, like he's someone who, whether it's the Orioles or another organization, you need to start finding out about him at the major league level. Like him going to the Pacific Coast League or something, like if he gets traded, like no. Like it, this kid needs to find out where he fits into a major league lineup, and if he, he does. And he's one of multiple guys that we've been talking about for well over a year in terms of – the logjam, where something has to give. And Kyle Stowers, this guy's played almost 200 games in Norfolk. And Yeah, no, it's crazy. La- you can't send him back to the International that, League. That, that's my point, where he's obviously on the 40-man, but is there any room for him at the end on the 26-man roster? And that's where the question is, best-case scenario, he rakes throughout the rest of Grapefruit League action. Maybe you're looking to try to sell high on him? Well, could you package him and something else for yeah. a legitimate like let let's like I brought this up a while back. We did a six pack of like reasonable relievers who could help this team. And I there's not that many teams where you could say the season's over before it began. Down in Washington, the season's over before it began. So like would you trade Kyle Stowers for Hunter Harvey? I would. Like he, if you're if you're Washington, like and that and that's what that guy there is old school, right? That GM, like oh strikeouts for home runs, we'll make that trade. I mean, they just took Elijah Green fourth or fifth overall. I'm not sure that kid's even gonna get the Triple A. So like, would they have room at the end for Kyle Stowers to play 130 games in corner outfield for them next year? I, I think they do. So I would be looking at something like that. Yeah, like can you parlay that into a relief piece? That can break camp with you. Now, with we all we know with Hunter Harvey, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop from an injury standpoint. But he's been relatively healthy the last couple of years. Still a high velo guy. He's comfortable here. Like, and that's just one example. You know, Oakland. They is there an arm there? Like, San Diego. Is there a kid who's been in AAA with them who? You know, maybe isn't going to make it as a starter, but you think could go into your bullpen and and help out. I think there'll be a trade to be made, especially if he keeps hitting homers off lefties. Then there's the Colton Kowser of it all, and you heard the walk-off. That was the first game of the Grapefruit League season for the O's. He's got a couple home runs, five RBIs, three walks. He's just looked a lot more comfortable at the plate, and he's that guy that we were talking needs to have a great spring, and so far he has. Yeah, look, there's there's a lot to like about this start. I mean, obviously the power is great, but they they continue to like he seems to be a guy that they want to get a lot of looks at, you know. They keep batting him leadoff. So, I mean, who's yeah. going to get the most yeah. at bats of all the starters? Duh. Uh and he continues to find ways to get on base. So, I you know, he scored another run today, got hit by a pitch. He's having quality at bats. So, I think it's all that in it, in the totality. How many times does he strike out? How many times does he reach base? How comfortable does he look at center field? And then they're going to have to make a cold, hard determination themselves as well. Like, despite what they told us, the guy who's getting all the time in center field is Colton Kowser. It's not Jorge Mateo. So, like, 
Could they live with Colton Kowser as their fourth outfielder? Like, can they live with that? Are they cool with that for this year? Because that's how he's making this team. Like, he's not playing 130 games in center field unless, God forbid, something real bad happens to Cedric Mullins. So, like, last year, they were a little bit, and I know he had an ouchie at the time. It wasn't a significant injury when Mullins got hurt. But they were clearly resistant to put him in that fourth outfielder role. You know, he's going to play a lot for a couple weeks, and then he's got to shift what Hicks did. Now, it turned out Cedric got hurt again, and the Hicks thing went a different direction. But, like, are they comfortable with, frankly, are they comfortable with him being Stowers from last year, but playing more than that, but not playing every day? Because he's another guy like Stowers. Is he Ryan McKenna? You know what I mean? Like, is does he get what Stowers got at the beginning of last year and, like, and what McKenna ended up getting? Can he be that, like, are they cool with that? Or do they feel like he must play five days a week in AAA? But he's another guy like Stowers where it's, what more does he have to prove at AAA? Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been there as long as Stowers, but I'm with you. Like, can he get his head around? He still played well over 100 games. And and I guess what I'm asking that question, I'm not really asking, I'm asking it partly of them, but also like their read on him as a person. This isn't just about projections and numbers, right? The human being Colton Kowser. Can he get himself mentally in a spot where he's comfortable being a fourth outfielder on a great baseball team? Like, if they think he can, and they think he can do enough work in the cage during games, between games, that he can come into games and and give you a quality at-bat, steal a base here or there, play solid defense, and then on the days when he gets four or five at-bats, find a way to get on base 33% of the time. Like, can he do that? And be okay with it for now? Because as we know... After this year, you got one more year of Hayes, one more year of Mullins, and as of now, no more years of Santander. Like, where's the calculus there? Because that would be the role. Later on this hour, we're going to get into the Ravens. Could they have another big money free agent signing this offseason? Is that in the cards? We'll give you our thoughts later on the hour. But coming up next, Todd Karpovich. We're going to go all around Baltimore sports with Todd, but we'll start with the O's because opening day rapidly approaching. What does Todd think is going to happen with Colton Kowser? He's going to tell us on the other side. It's inside access on the fan. We can finally see it. Opening day this month, 27 days away until we'll be partying at Pickles. But before then, Mike Elias has a lot of tough decisions to make in terms of his 26-man roster. And to get his thoughts on it is Todd Karpovich. He's a writer for BaltimoreSports.com, also contributor for Sporting News, AP, Baltimore Sun, and Press Box. Todd, we were just talking about Colton Kowser. And he was a guy that needed to have a good spring. And so far, he's gotten off to a strong start. Uh, what do you expect to happen with Colton Kowser? Do you think he could head north with the club? I do. I think, you know, Colton, he, um, throughout his pro, early pro career, he's always struggled a little bit, you know, when he first gets to mm. single A, double A, triple A, all the way down the line. And then he gets hot. Then he figures it out. Um, so, and almost sort of expected it. That's where his MO. We talked to him, you know, during that caravan, he, he was back in the yards. And, yeah, he said, you know, that, that's sort of been his MO. He, he starts a little bit slow, but then he really heats up. I think he's got a really good shot. I think um, once he gets comfortable and, get, you know, gets, and gets used to the speed of the game, he's going to be okay. I think he's got a really good shot to go. He want, he's a guy, he's a blue chipper. You know, he's, he's a guy 
that's part of the future. And, you know, the time is now for the Orioles as far as winning. Well, it's going to be interesting to see, like, not everybody who's a big prospect for them is going to be able to play every day, right? And so, like, and they've clearly been, like, a little bit averse to trading these guys, right? I mean, they haven't done it except when they've absolutely had to. Like, I wonder how the organization sort of handles massaging some of these guys into roles where you want to keep them in the major league level all year, but you know, barring serious injury, they're not going to play every day. Like, I'm kind of going to be fascinated to see you know, now that there's no Frazier's being brought in anymore, like how they handle that and, and which of these guys who at one point in time you may have thought is going to be someone in the middle of your lineup every day turn out to be somebody who plays twice a week. Yeah, Sal is the prime example of that. Yeah. You know, he's, he's having a great spring. You know, he had dealt out injuries last year, but where do you put them? You know, they're loaded. Um, I think right now, I think, I, you know, I think Elias is keeping all these guys, you know, because he wants that depth. You know, you got guys getting hurt. Um, and the thing is, too, you can't, you know, you can't get enamored with how they're performing in spring training. You got, you got to see when the live bullets come and how they're going to perform at the major league level. Um, so yeah, you know, um, these guys. I mean, it's a tight knit group, and this Orioles team is close. But yeah, it, it's it's probably the most competitive spring training camp at all of MLB as far as yeah. the final roster and what these guys are doing. All these guys are young and they can play. You got Jackson Holiday, you know, he's twenty one. He's twenty twenty one years old. He can make the roster. You know, he can be every day starting second baseman, man. Um, so um, it's uh, it's just going to be a competitive, competitive camp. And they knew Elias and Hyde knew that going in. I think the players know that too. Um, but again, you know, there's opportunities. But like you said, at some point you're going to have to get trade from these guys because they're blocked. Todd, we haven't talked to you since the injury announcement. Bradish means not going to be ready for opening day. But in Bradish's case, if you were Mike Elias, would you operate as if? Bradish is not going to throw a pitch for you this year. Maybe be aggressive in trying to bring in another starter. I, I think you would. Um, they, you know, they, they brought in uh, Tehran, you know, who's a former all-star player. Um, we'll see what he can do down there. Um, that's definitely insurance against Bradish. Um, I think they're going to wait and see. I'll, you know, it, it's only it's, it's just March 1st. You know, they're going to take their time. If they can get – or I mean, Elias is being smart because, he's you know, he's trying to shut these guys down a little bit early. So they're ready for you know, after All Star break and pitch during the stretch run. Right. Make sure they're healthy over the second half of the season. So I don't I don't see that. I think they're going to take the time up Bradish. And if I mean if worse comes to worse and you need Tommy John, you know I think I would, I would do that sooner than later. And I have I have another um, you know field situation. Um, but um, I think I think they're going to take their time and they got enough stuff the way Irvin's pitching pretty well and Tyler Wells is pitched you know good in that role where he's come in and and being a guy who has to make a spot start. But, uh, you know, the rotation, if they can hold on until these guys get healthy, they're going to be they're, they're gonna be okay. Cole Irvin obviously caught everybody's attention. Um, over the, the previous weekend, he's set to start. Tomorrow uh, is too early to read into the velo t- uptick. And are you, are, are you ready tomorrow? Or do you have your best glasses on? Um, can you handle watching him pitch tomorrow? While that camera uh, swings in the wind again, are are you prepared to get through three hours of vertigo to uh, find out what 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 the O's look like in Sarasota? Yeah, we got to try. I got locked into that baseball. Hopefully, they got that problem fixed. That was a big big Twitter movement there. Yeah. Um, Irvin, yeah, you know Irvin, you know he he pitched pretty well in the last year. You know, he, yeah. he struggled early, um, but he, he's a guy who's pitched in as a starter. Um, I think it's his job to lose. They don't have much behind him, you know, right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, 
Vivo, I think Vivo's going to be okay. I think he, I think he came in with a new attitude. I think he came in in good shape. And, you know, and so far, the signs have been encouraging. We're speaking to Todd Karpovich, who's a Ravens writer for BaltimoreSports.com. And, Todd, let's transition to the Ravens. And a hot-button topic recently has been the running back position. Could you see the Ravens break tendency and maybe get a upper echelon free agent running back? Well, the free agent market running back is really good. You know, I mean, you got Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, um, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs. It's a deep class, which really doesn't bode well for J.K. Dobbins as far as finding a new team. So they might try to bring J.K. back, you know, on a one-year show deal. But they have to go out and get a better. You know, the running game is so crucial to this team. Right now they have Justice Hill and Keaton Mitchell on the active roster. Who Keaton Mitchell won't even be able to play until, you know, midseason maybe. Um, so, yeah, I, I see them going out. And maybe and, you know, and getting a free agent also they drafting on it back too. Because they're going to want four, you know, guys, four or five guys in camp. And I think uh, the running game, you know, they had number one rushing attack last year, and they relied so heavily on the run. They have to have talent in that position. Uh, there was a lot of gushing about uh, some recent first round picks, Adafi Owe and Rashad Bateman from uh, Harbs and Mister EDC uh, at the combine. Uh, so we've got that, but. Do you think either of those guys get their fifth-year options picked up? W- would you make that guaranteed investment in either one? No, I think that's why they were pumping them up. Uh-huh. Um, Stopping the blow of not picking up those options. You yeah. know, they didn't pick up Patrick Creed's fifth-year option. I don't see them doing it with these guys. Um, you know, Bateman. Bateman. You know, he's, he's out of injuries. You know, I don't think he's been a. He hasn't been a huge. Uh, he hasn't performed poorly, but he just hasn't lived the expectation to be a first-round pick. You know, and OA just you know, OA you know they talk about what he does off the ball, but. His stats are there as far as getting sacks. No, so I don't see him pick up either option. You know, the, the, the first big move they're going to make, I think, is the tag on Mia Matabike, which is going to cost them yeah. $20 million. You know, so that's going to cut into a huge part of their of their, uh, of their salary cap. And then you got to pay Lamar. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to be very conservative what they do with some of these um, some of these guys that pick their options and some of the other free agents on the team. Todd, what do you expect to happen at the offensive tackle position mm. for the Ravens? Well, I think they're going to draft a guy. I, mean, I think they're that's the thirtieth overall pick. I think they're going to take a tackle. Yeah. Mims, that guy from Georgia, uh, there's a guy who could slide down to them. Um, but you know, they'll, they'll go in. But you know, Stanley's the, the, the big pick, you know, because they could save a lot of money if they come after June first. But they don't have much behind them, you know. So I mean, they lost. They're losing both their starting guards. So you want to have some of that continuity on the offensive line. Um, you know, uh, McCarry could play. You know, that position, but I don't know if he's a guy for seventeen games. Fraley again. That's a guy who also could make, could, you know, could, could, could see more action. Um, and but you know, I think they're they're not going to probably uh, get a free agent offensive tackle because it's expensive. Um, but I see them definitely draft. They're definitely going to draft a tackle. And this guy, who they ever they get, is going to compete for a starting job, maybe or Morgan Moses or um, you know, Stanley's not proved he can stay healthy. But I, I do see Moses and Stanley on the roster because of what what the offensive line looks like right now. Harbs also really kind of went out of his way to stress how they've just scratched the surface on this offense, you know, year one with Todd Munkin and this or that. Like, and they certainly scored a lot of points, and they scored a lot of points at home, um, but we obviously know in some critical moments they didn't really seem to have an offensive identity and, and fell into some bad habits. How much more efficient do you think they need to be offensively moving forward Um because I'm not sure that any of us think they're going to lead the league in sacks, takeaways, uh, and points allowed next year, right? Like, I, I kind of feel like there's got to be a little bit – the pendulum's got to swing a little bit more in the other direction. 
Yeah, look, the thing is, they have to have more big plays downfield. Yeah. Lamar's got to start hitting these 30, 40, you know, big, big, long passes, you know, continually during games to break up, to break up the games. You know, that, that's been the one part that he has been lacking, you know, his, his deep throws. Um, he missed on Bateman a couple times. Mm-hmm. He could have had, you know, bigger numbers. But, yeah, you got to have – they're still lacking that explosiveness. And do, and do they have the wide receivers on the roster now? To break open the game? I don't think so. You know, I think I think Bates a really good player. Um, but if they like, legal start hanging over him, who knows what happens to that? You know, the jury's out on Bateman, and you know, and then they got the, you know, Jay's probably free agent. I'm bringing him back. Um, Nelson Aguilar, another guy, you know, he's a good hands. Um, does Devin Duvernay come back? You know, um, but he hasn't been a big part of the offense. No. So yeah, Sam Hill. I, I don't. I don't see. I I really don't see them taking a huge step forward on the offense this year, just with the number of guys they're losing and what their limitations are on salary cap. I see them I see them also see them really running the ball again next <laughs> season and, and, and you know and, and trying to beat teams that way. He's Todd Karpovich. Todd, how can the people find your work? Uh Balmersports.com and at Todd Carpovich on Twitter. Awesome. Todd Thank th- you. Thanks, ma'am. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Always appreciate it. You got Our it. pleasure. Coming up next, we'll get into the Ravens. Could they sign a big money free agent? We've seen Eric DaCosta do that in the past. Odell Beckham Jr. got $15 million last year. Earl Thomas got a bag. Marcus Williams got a bag. Could a big time free agent come to Baltimore this offseason? We'll give you our thoughts on the other side. It's inside access on the fan. It's Eric DaCosta earlier this week at the NFL Scouting Combine and the salary cap had a historic rise this year. It was a bigger raise than anyone was expecting, $30 million. Ravens, as they typically are, up against the cap right now, around $11 million in cap space. But remember, that's before a possible Justin Matabike franchise tag. And they can, of course, add cap space, restructuring some deals, some cuts. Uh, Tyus Bowser could be one of them. But the question is... Could the Ravens still go out and sign a big money free agent? And Eric DaCosta has done it in the past. His first year as GM, Earl Thomas got a mega deal. That didn't work out. No. Uh, Marcus Williams got a big time contract. And Odell Beckham Jr., just a one-year deal, but got $15 million last year. Could you see them spending $15 million per se on a uh, free agent, Jason? I the more I've thought about this bone, um, the less I think that's going to happen. It it hasn't worked out when they've tried it. I mean, even Marcus. I mean, Geno Stone got seven interceptions when he didn't play, and even after they signed him, they did what they don't always do. But in this case, it was smart that they did it, even though you didn't like it at the time, Bone. And take the best player available, who for them was Kyle Hamilton, who now the more he makes plays in coverage and downfield, the less inclined you are to think you need a $16 million free safety. But part of the reason they got him was they put guaranteed money into the third year, significant guaranteed money into the third year. So he's probably not going anywhere. So, um but, like, in a perfect world, would you like to have more flexibility at safety? Maybe to keep Geno at far less than 16 a year for a couple of years? Yeah. So I'm not going to say it's a bad signing, but, like, 
B minus, C plus off the top of my head? Like, I, I'm not going to gush about it. No, you can't gush about it. But really, it's unfortunate because this was someone who was healthy throughout his entire career with the Saints, and then he comes to Baltimore and has serious injuries back-to-back years. Yeah. I mean, he also played in a division where the only quarterback was Tom Brady, and it was at the end of his career. Sure. I mean, look at who – I mean, just go – I mean, look at some of those Saints schedules, like who they played. I mean – it's a little different over here, bro. A little different in the AFC. In the AFC North. A little different on these sides of the tracks. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think at this point he's been a GM long enough to self-scout and realize what he's done really well, what he's done okay, and where he's crapped the bed. And with them being in the situation, and again, please don't get go head over heels about cap space. It, it it goes to everybody. They're not going to – they don't like to win bidding wars. When they've won bidding wars, it hasn't gone well for them. This doesn't change that. They, the, I'm not even, it's not even extra because it affects everybody. Yeah. The, there was an initial projection that always skews low. It's skewed even lower than normal in this, in this instance. Trust me, nobody was doing backflips in Owings Mills when they found out they got more cap space. Um, it's not headed to outside free agents. So I, I think at this point he's got to step back and say the more draft pick capital we acquire, the better. The less we go out and spend 15, 16 a year on free agents, the better we are. It it hasn't it, it, it has he hasn't done a good job of it. Like it, and and the margins are still going to be really slim here, especially with Lamar where he is and the Matabike of it all, like I'd be fairly stunned if they signed if they did anything more than like trying to get Clowney at eight to ten. And I don't know that he's gonna come that cheap. He might he might be more like twelve to fourteen. I, I don't know. I don't know what that market's gonna be. Um I have a hard time seeing it. I would be shocked if they did something, frankly, like they did for Odell last year. Yeah, $15 million a year player. I I would be very surprised. And I think the biggest reason for that, Jason, is the impending franchise tag. You know, that's $22 million right off the cap with Justin Matabike. Well-deserved. I mean, it is and it isn't, though, because, like, I think he's going to, like, before camp, he's going to sign. Sure. Like, I I think you'll have closure on that July 15th. I'm not discounting that but i'm saying you aren't going to have that additional cap space during free agency no and i think again they're going to look to find a a pass rusher in that five to eight range and look maybe they spend eight to ten for a running back but let's be clear that would be like a two-year 18 or 19 million dollar commitment that would be taking the mark ingram deal which was basically 12 for two five years ago and putting that into present day value in terms of cap and cash, right? That's what that would be doing. Like a six million dollar running back then, and that actually was a running back with a lot of tread on his tires. Who was that? Was the last real contract that Mark Ingram was going to get, right? That guy at that stage of his career five years ago for six a year. I actually feel like Josh Jacobs in present money and present cap at nine or ten a year at age twenty five is a better deal. Let me ask you this. If Eric DaCosta was going to give out a big contract, what position? Where where would he go with that? I think it'd be somewhere where he he'd feel safe about their evaluation. I think it's I think it's I could see it being a pass rusher or a running back. I mean, they they've got a pretty good hit rate at those positions. So you don't think he'd go back to the well at receiver? At receiver? 
boy, oh boy. At some point, like his, he's always been double down, triple down, keep swinging, keep swinging, keep swinging. Like you're not a kid anymore. Like you're now a veteran. Like you're a veteran GM, and like you can't hit the off speed pitch, and wide receivers are your off speed pitch. You can't hit. Like you can't hit them. You can't hit them anywhere. Even when you think you find them and you're thumping your chest about character, you got a kid being investigated by the league for a potential domestic violence situation. Like, they just, it just doesn't work out. It's like Lamar throwing to Bateman. They might tell you how great it is. We'll see if they pick up the fifth-year option or not. If they don't pick up the fifth-year option, they're telling you what we all know. It ain't working. It's probably never going to work. Three years in, he's got a 69.2 passer rating and twice as many interceptions as touchdowns throwing to that cat. You can keep running that back, or you could try something different. Probably not another first-round pick. Probably not another 30-year-old wide receiver making $15 million a year. Probably much more of a neutered swing. Save your home run swings. Save your power opposite field gap swings to a position where you know what you're doing. It's the weekend, about to be in a few hours, and you need some money. You got to treat yourself every now and then. Well, for the next 30 minutes, you're not going to want to turn that dial because... Ben Hall, our producer, he's going to give us his best bets in the NBA, in college basketball this weekend. But coming up next, Ariel Epstein, she will give us her best bets in the association tonight, as well as some MLB futures. That's on the other side. It's Inside Access on the fan.